It's Sean and Kevin's Infinite Movie Crisis. Roll the dice. Accept your movie fate. And welcome everybody to Sean and Kevin's Infinite Movie Movie Crisis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we nailed that one, baby. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, everybody, welcome. Thank you for li- your, your, not your patronage, but you're not paying any money for this. For you to listen to Nidge. Listen, listen. Yeah. listen. Uh, uh, we didn't even have to fix that one in post. We fixed that in pre. I know. We fixed that in pre. We, we timed it out. We, we looked, locked the eyes and we're like, we knew what had to happen. But if this is your first this time. It's a weird energy, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a Sunday night. We're recording. Uh, Nick's just lost. So take yeah, that. Nick's lost. Your... I, I, yeah, I've had a day. I don't know about yeah, you. I had, had a, good day. I, I had a good day. I came back from the city today. It was a long drive. I, yeah. I, I shot a sketch. Uh, Good for you. This is a podcast where we don't talk about our day. We talk about a movie that we watched. And not just any movie, Kevin. How do we pick these movies? Uh, we roll a die. Uh, we we rank. We have a running list of 10 movies. We rank from 1 to 10. 1 being the worst, the worst. Or a 10 being an absolute masterpiece and everything in between. This time, uh, I rolled an 8. What did we watch there, Sean? Kevin, we watched a little film called Drive starring Ryan the Goose Gosling. The Goose. The Goose, baby. The Goose. This is... Uh, yeah. This is, I think, of the preeminent hipster movie. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I, you know, a little bit of history on Drive for me. Th- this movie means a lot to me personally, and uh, you know, it, we we rate it as, as an eight, and I agree with it as an eight still, right? Like I, I do, even though this is in the uh, Kevin Coldren Hall of Fame of like one of my favorite all time movies, like definitely top twenty, possibly top ten. I love this movie. Mostly because uh, I remember watching it the first time. This was like a month before I graduated high school. This was like May of 2012. I watched it with my, a close friend of mine, uh, uh, and we we both loved it. But like, it, it was the first like artsy movie I saw. You know what I mean? Like it, where I could be like, I like fancy pretentious movies. You know, like it was me. It was the start of me trying to be a film buff. If that makes sense. I know exactly what you're saying. I remember when this came out. My uh, I guess history teacher, you know, one of the teachers who was I was cool with, who I actually talked about, like, who actually really got me engaged in film, recommended this to me, and I saw it, and I was blown away by it uh, back in high school when I saw it when it came out. But then yeah. I got to college, and I just started seeing everybody in our college's film department rant yeah. and rave and be like, ooh, did you see this? And I'm, I don't think I've ever revealed this to any of you. I developed a resentment towards this film that to the I point that I started being like, it's overrated, it's yep. crappy, and I just, I because of everyone else's enjoyment of it, I'm a reverse hipster sometimes. No, no, oh, I know I know what you mean. Oh, I get it. I purposely chose to be like, fuck this movie. And then I watched it today, and I'm like, no, this movie's good. This movie does yeah, not, this it, movie. It, I, I, like, I like when that kind of thing happens, because I've been there yeah. with you, uh, of, of like, you, you like something that everyone else likes, and you're like, well, maybe it's not that good. And then you come back around, like, no, it's a pretty good one. I haven't seen this movie in probably well ten years I, for me. It's been ten years. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, that probably let's say a decade. Yeah, yeah. Decade for uh, well, me nine well. nine years. It came out. I mean, in, came out in twenty eleven. Like really got popular in twenty twelve. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, yeah, I, I think this. I, I maybe. I don't. Maybe this is the only second time I've actually seen it in full. I'm sure I've watched. I think clips it's the third time I, for me. I'm sure I've talked. About, I definitely talked about it with people before. No, and uh, yeah, no, it's just like it's. It is the it's an art house action movie. Is the best way to describe it. By the way, the person you were thinking of, there I won't say their name, but there is one 
particular hipster you're thinking of who used to walk around our college campus wearing the jacket from Drive? Yeah, that really hurt it. I was going to bring this up when we get into the film. So everything Ryan Gosling does in this movie is cool because it's Ryan Gosling. Not yes. any of the stuff. Because when you take out the jacket, yep. the driving gloves, the toothpick, and put anyone else does them, they're the biggest fucking loser alive. <laughs> this, like you're, te you're telling me there's an alternate universe where this is like a one out of ten stupid movie? Yes. Yes, it is. I think you're it, right. Because we've seen this movie, other uh, similar versions of this. It's basically like if they never gave Fast and Furious a budget. Is essentially, I guess there's a there's a much shittier versions. We'll talk about when we go into trivia who the original choice was, which I think is interesting. It makes for a very different movie. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. the context around this film is. But like having just watched it, uh, right? I'm like, this is this movie. I enjoyed the hell out of this. Oh yeah, I I like I said th today was like a post hanging out with people, kind of like I just need a Sunday. And I really, really enjoyed myself watching this again. I really did. This is the time when the A24s, the Annapurnas... Uh, they hadn't really gotten going yet, had they? They just started. Well, I also realized this is like right around the time when a lot of our biggest stars were just starting to blossom. Because yeah. they got Gosling before he became massive. Oscar Isaac before he became massive. Yep. Brian Cranston just before Breaking Bad became massive. Yeah, because like Breaking Bad was going at this point, but it hadn't like blown up. I think yet, Breaking right? Bad's at se like season two had come out and season three was about to come out. Yeah, but like yeah, yeah. people forget Breaking Bad was not a hit until season four. Right, most right. people forget that. It was like, oh, no, no. It was not well that watch. It was on the brink of cancellation most years. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I think we can just get into it after our initial thoughts of kind of break the film down a little bit. Yeah, do you, do you, like, do you want to get into the film? Do you have any, like, background information, or you just want to get going? Give everyone the general notes of it. In general. Yeah. I mean, those are our general thoughts. Have the notes of what the film actually is. Uh, so, Drive. A mysterious Hollywood stuntman, a mechanic, moonlights as a getaway driver and finds himself in trouble when he helps out his neighbor's uh, his neighbor, neighbor's husband, which entangles uh, involved with a local mob. Hey, so, in speaking of, like, background information, I remember talking to one of our friends in college about this movie, because that was, like, a, a, an artsy hipster's talking point for a long time. And as far as, like, stuff around the movie, I remember our, uh, a mutual friend of ours told me, like, yeah, I remember the, the advertisements made it look like a generic heist movie, and then it turned out this art house, like, thriller. So I've never actually seen the trailer for this movie, and I just watched it. First of all, I kind of disagree in that, like, it kind of does tell you what the movie's about, in my opinion. But mm. you could, I think it's, like, kind of a, like, how you assume a movie just called Drive would be. You know, yes. it's not an artsy movie. Let me tell you right now, that is one of the worst trailers I've ever seen in my entire life. It's because it gives you the entire plot. The, like, e like, all the iconic scenes are in the trailer. That's really funny. Terrible trailer. <laughs> I don't remember ever, I remember seeing the trailer. I think it's, this is a hard movie to market, though. Because I agree entirely, yeah. There's minimal dialogue. And it's a pretty short film. It's it's clocked like, a hundred minutes. Yeah, it's a hundred. It's an hour forty, and it's without credits. It's probably about an hour thirty five, and like a lot of it is just is you know is nonverbal and a lot of just cool shots. It's kind of like um, you and I have talked about uh, Ad Astra, and how you described it. Uh, how like I I like Ad Astra for very similar reasons to this. Also, I think composed by Clint Mansell, same mu uh, uh, musical composer which is a big reason why I love the movie. Uh, and But you described it, <laughs> you pointed out to me, is that movie's full of space moping? Yes. And this movie's full of L.A. moping. <laughs> this is better than Ad Astra, in my opinion. I agree in terms 100%. Of, in terms agree, of moping. But there is a lot of driving around moping around L.A. There's a lot of, there's a lot of drive moping. 
<laughs> yes, there's a lot of drugs. It's just it's just what it's what art house people do. All right, so the film was di- directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, who's an interesting director. He's Danish. He's uh he's a guy. Uh, I couldn't tell based on the name. Ah, uh, uh, Nicholas Winding De- Refn. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That's what Danish people sound like. I've been to Amsterdam. I can prove it. Are they all wearing clogs? Yeah, they're all clogging, and they're all, they're all on they're all on bicycles clogging, Kevin. That's how Amsterdam works. You haven't been, you can't prove me wrong. But that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's an interesting director uh, because he does he's he sticks to the art. Not, he sticks to indies predominantly because this is probably yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't looked into the numbers, but this is probably his biggest, most seen film. Yeah. Uh, other things he's known that people probably have seen is Bronson. That one's that's oh, a, I forgot that's by him. Yeah, it is I by like Bronson. Bronson. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think is similar to this him in this in this in the sense that it's a really powerful uh, performance, perform, or, lead no. performance by an a, an actor people hadn't gotten a chance to see shine in yeah. that one. Tom Hardy, uh, the Neon Demon, which is not great, and only God Never forgives, which is not also not great. Yeah, uh, and then he had uh, the what's called the Pusher trilogy, which is all Danish, starring Mads Mikkelsen. I haven't seen it. I've heard those are good though. Yeah, I'd, I'd be one to get. I love Mads, so I'd, I'd give that a try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was rumored at one point to direct a Superman movie, which that would be a fucking oh, no. wild movie. <laughs> oh, no. A wild film. Oh, man. I, I feel like people just, like, make those tweets up just to get retweets. Like, oh. they just make that shit up. <laughs> that would, I would love to just, like, we cast, we just, like, we do, like, a fake trailer of his Superman movie, and it's him just flying around moping in L.A. <laughs> It's just him with a really cool score, just like but like neon lit, neon lit Superman. No, just it's just mo- it's just this movie. We just CGI a cape on Ryan Gosling. That's it. That's CGI, the whole movie. CGI a cape and a mustache. Uh, the movie was written what, by. What do you do? I fly. <laughs> uh, the movie was written by Hossein Amini, based on a book by James Salas. Yeah, it is a book. I never read it, but I, I've seen it. Yeah, I don't need. I don't think you need to read the book. I feel like you don't. <laughs> I really have like uh, music by slash composer by Cliff Martinez. Uh, We'll probably talk about him when we get into the movie more. Great, mu- great music all around. Oh, that is different. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I was wrong earlier. Ad Astra is by Clint Mansell. This is Cliff Martinez. Those are different yeah. people. CM all around. Uh, the movie stars Ryan the Goose Gosling as Driver, Carrie Mulligan as Irene, Brian Cranston as Shannon, Albert Brooks as Bernie Rose, Oscar Isaac as Standard, Christina Hendrick as Blanche, and Ron Perlman as Nino. 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 Uh, we'll, we'll probably we'll, we'll talk about when we get to them. The movie was released on September 16, 2011. It currently sits with a 7.8 on IMDb, a 78 on Metacritic, and a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, okay. I uh, pretty much agree with all those standings. The movie made $11 million its opening weekend, uh, $35 million domestically, $77 million worldwide on a $15 million budget. So, a modest hit. The film was nominated, Kevin, for Four. one Academy Award in Best Achievement in Sound Editing. Yeah, I did see that, and I was like, I feel like that's pretty appropriate. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> pretty good well, sound. Until I did some research on, we're not, we don't like talk about the Academy Awards a huge ton on this podcast. Uh, yeah. But I want to talk about what was up for Best Picture the, the year Drive came out. Before you do that, I need to correct myself again because this is my credits. Uh, Ad Astra is done by Max Richter. That's who did the, sc- the score for that. Okay, so I love Max Richter. I got that wrong. Cliff Mansell did Moon. I'm pretty uh, sure. I mean, come on, both space moping yeah, movies. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Clint Mansell did Moon. But <laughs> okay. anyway, uh, 2011 would have been. Uh, oh God, um, I used to know a lot of these by heart. I want to say, was that the Descendants that year? It Descendants was nominated that year. Yep. And then uh, we had like uh, Up in the Air. No, that was 2009. That was way um, earlier. 
Uh, what else? What else is in 2011? All right, I'm going to, I'm going to save the best picture winner for last. So, oh, wasn't it uh, incredibly loud? It, like... So, so it's the tree of life. Oh the, God. The descendants, midnight in Paris, extremely loud and incredibly close. War horse, the help Moneyball, Hugo and best picture, the artist. Oh, you know what? This was, again, yes, because this was me in my life as a w- movie watcher. I've watched I've watched movies my entire life, like most people, and, like, but this is me trying to be pretentious and, like, and everything, and I remember, like, this was one of the first Oscars I was really aware of. I remember that. Uh, yeah, me too, and this is the first Oscars where I was like, what the fuck are these movies? Because <laughs> yes, out of those nine, I would say the only great movie... Uh, yeah, great, great movie is Moneyball. I think that's the yeah, only... Yeah, Moneyball's a classic. I think yeah. that's the only objectively great movie in this. I like Midnight in Paris and the Descendants, and I think the rest are dog shit. <laughs> really? I, even Hugo? Hugo, it's it's fine, but no one, no, no one wants to watch Hugo. Hugo. I really H- don't. Hugo! Hugo! Hugo. <laughs> and I'm like... And I decided to do some research of what else came out that year, and I looked for like what you could consider better... Like Academy Award, more prestige type movies that they should have nominated. So I'm just going to read these off real quick because I think all these movies are better than the other six. I all found right, six replacements. Uh, Bridesmaids, I think, is an objectively that is that is one of the last great like good comedies. Great good comedy. And that also got nominated for best original screenplay. So yeah, I think it's yeah. fair. And there's great performances and it's funny. And it's actually you know a movie. Yeah. Drive. Drive yeah. is easily better than most of these movies. Yeah, real solid. Yeah. Contagion. A movie that is fucking in 2021 is significantly better than it was in 2011. Yeah, but it has it has aged both well and terribly. It ages sense. it ages well because it predicted our fucking future. Yes, that's the terrible part. It ages terribly because I fucking lived through it. Yeah, that's why it's aged poorly. <laughs> but I, I having rewatched it twice during the pandemic, it's a it has a currently system of 6.7 on IMDb. That should be an 8.7 in my you opinion. You think so? Is it going to be an 8? Okay, all right. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch um, it. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch it. I think it's very, very good. Uh, Warrior uh, with Tom Hardy and... Uh, Never seen. I've heard amazing things about it's it. In, it's a, one of the best sports dramas in years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. again, Tom Hardy and uh, Joel Edgerton being awesome. Uh, this one is a little more obtuse, which I, I can see why they would not nominate. But The Cabin in the Woods. Oh, what a classic. That's an original... That was one of the first movies like you and me and our friend group watched together. Yeah. It's a good, unique, and we, funny... And we drank warm Bud Light to it, and it yeah, was d- and, like terrible. And I, and I believe I got wings from Sammy's, yeah. Do, do you remember like one of our things was used to be like if you lost like Super Smash Brothers, you had to be the one to order wings? Yes, I do. None <laughs> of us <laughs> wanted to order shit on the phone. <laughs> yeah, no one wanted to do it anymore. Oh, uh, and- I'll have a Zeppelin full of wings, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, we ordered like 100 wings for 10 guys. 10 guys? No. Try six. <laughs> Yeah, Kevin, our audience doesn't know that. It's just us. We could, we could, Try could, six. Yeah, all right. And my last one. Try a pi- sheet pizza for three dudes. Come yeah. on. We we could fucking house a sheet pizza. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, and my last one pick is uh, 50-50. A very good uh, Oh, yeah. Comedic- I mean, that's a great movie. Yeah, I'm like, all those are better than the dog shit that they nominated you know, that year. It's, it's one of those things where you, that uh, I, I agree with you. 2011, like. I think they had expanded at that point, like how many you could have as the, yeah, that's as the when, best picture. It's like the second or third year of they can do five to ten. You and gotta, they nominated There's got to be a balance between your artsy-fartsy needs, but also like what is a, a movie that a lot of people like and is appealing, you know? I yeah, know. I mean, this past year, it doesn't really count, but the Academy Awards 
were terrible. No one yeah. watched. They literally had 8 million people watch them, which is nothing. Yeah, it's like and, a third of the audience, isn't and it? And I watched all the movies, but, like, no one liked any of those. Like, I liked, like, two of them this past year, but all of them are, like, you don't, like, they're not, I mean, granted, nothing came out because of the pandemic. But still, like, you want movies people want to rewatch. Like, remember when Gladiator won Best Picture and everyone loves that movie? Yeah. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, Titanic. Yep. There's a, like a lot of good popular movies. Like art, like that's the, I mean that's the ultimate crutch of it. Artistic films can also be, should also be able to be able to be, be blockbusters. Yeah. But the problem is there's like four directors who are capable who could or could potentially make that, and all of them are either retired or they make Marvel movies. Or it's Spielberg and he makes fucking Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah. What's going on with Spielberg, buddy? <laughs> At least he's. At least he's not doing Indiana Jones five, you know. Did he? Did he? Did he draw that line in the sand? Yeah, he's like he gave it to James Mangold, so I think it'll be better. But All it's right, like, yeah. He, like, yeah, we'll, talk, we'll when we do a Spielberg film, we can do a real dive on him. Okay, yeah, that sounds like a good time. All right, Kevin. With that, I have okay. one. I have one relatively long question for you. Okay, never mind. Because I, I, what I wanted to do earlier, I wrote down my prediction of what I thought the question was but you go to yours what's the question right. what do you got for me there's a hundred thousand streets in this city you don't need to know the route you give me a time and a place i give you a five minute window anything happens in that five minutes and i'm yours no matter what anything happens a minute either side of that and you're on your own do you understand do you understand kevin uh, would you like to know what my prediction was? <laughs> hey, kid, you want a toothpick? <laughs> that <laughs> that would have been better. I be. thought that not the guy. He says like he has like eight lines of dialogue in this movie. I know, and like I three of them are questions. <laughs> yeah, three of them are questions. It's but I figured <laughs> no, that, that like, was that was it. it. Was do you want a toothpick? That's what I thought you were gonna go with. And we're getting into the movie. Like, what an awesome way to open a fucking movie. I, I think I believe like so. A friend of ours, Nikki, uh, she had to watch the opening how many times? Like a hundred times or something like that, something right? Something like that. I think, I'm not even sure the video is out yet, but if it is, check out, um, you know what? I don't care. Just no, fucking add, look Add up. it in post. Add it in post. <laughs> look, I'm not, uh, check out Nikki St. Nikki on uh, Instagram. Nikki St. Nikki? <laughs> what did I say? You said Nikki St. Nikki. Kevin, I'm fucking losing it, bro. <laughs> I know. Well, you're alone in a cabin. <laughs> I am alone in a cabin in the woods right now doing this. <laughs> Check out uh, Nikki St. Malo. I'm sure she posted it somewhere on Okay, all right. At any rate, she had to watch the opening scene like a hundred times in a row or something to pick it apart. Uh, again, the first time I saw it and every time I've watched just this scene, but like especially this last time watching it all in context with the movie, I think this opening... This like what would you say five to ten minutes probably ten minutes opening like that. it's open I timed it out it's opening ten minutes I think it's a masterpiece I think it's an amazing open to a movie I, I really do one hundred percent agree with you uh, so we're opening the movie and it's I just wrote down this is how you start a fucking movie yep. just show me some cool shit because yep. he's he's a getaway driver and guess what he has the phone call we see him walk by with uh, Shannon aka Brian Cranston yep and. We're seeing all these cool cars in the garage, and he's not. And he gets an Impala, and he gets a Chevy Impala. He's not like because again, so many other movies would be have him driving like a, 
a cool muscle car or a you know, sleek Ferrari, something along those lines. But again, because it's a good, fun art house movie, and maybe they just couldn't afford a real car, uh-huh. they go with a Chevy Impala. Well, and- here's the other thing is like it doesn't matter what the car looks like because the entire sequence is from like the driver like the passenger side point of view. Exactly. And that's we're never makes- outside of the car. And that's what makes it so interesting and unique is we do- yeah. like so every more or less every action car chase film you're outside the car seeing it whip across town this one we're in the back seat or the side or the side of the car just watching Ryan Gosling's expressions while you know while he's surgically cutting in and out of traffic and the only we're not getting any dialogue outside of the ambient uh, not ambient noise but uh, uh, the passive, background noise passive, the, di- the, passive the dialogue game. through the uh, police scanner you, you, the thing you don't catch the first time is the way it culminates into him getting away with this of like parking in the Clippers game and then walking out with the crowd yeah. after the game is over. That's set up from the very beginning. It's a through line of he's paying attention to the Clippers game mm-hmm. to know what's going to happen. Which, yeah. first of all, first question for you. Why the Clippers and not the Lakers? Is it because the Clippers were less expensive? I have to assume that. Because <laughs> this movie cost, this movie cost the, $15 million. So but like, it, here's the thing. You're filming at the Staples Center regardless. And right. it's not like you have to pay to say a team name. I don't know. Like you might you can, have to. I'm pretty sure you can just like the Lakers exist. Yeah. Like it's not like it's not like you showed any of the game happening either. My guess is that Nicholas Winding Refn is Danish and doesn't know dick about basketball. That might be. <laughs> that it. Would At be least my the guess. teams are real teams. At least yes. they're real teams. That definitely feels like Ryan Goss is like like the the Los Angeles Mudhorns don't exist. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, so, so it's the Cl- the Clippers have a comeback win against the Raptors, and I wrote down the most unrealistic part of this whole movie is the Clippers winning a big game. Winning a big game. <laughs> In general, like, yeah. And also just, like, the Raptors. Like, what a weird choice. Of, all right, yeah. But I wrote, down, <laughs> I wrote down, this movie is so cool, but also he, of course he does the no one can see who I am because I put on a baseball cap. Yeah, okay. But, it's, like, it's cool, like, man. It is cool. Again, it's only cool because Ryan Gosling is doing it. Like, maybe it's because we've seen this so much in Marvel movies and other, like, but, like, I know what someone looks like when they have a baseball cap. <laughs> Granted, the cops wouldn't know what he looks like in general. He's just being he was naked. just driving, yeah. But yeah. like every time I see someone with their head down in a baseball cap in real life, I'm like, that guy's a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> every, every time. Yeah, or a superhero, one of the two. One of the two. Um, but uh, uh, We got to give a huge shout out to Cliff Martinez, the guy who made the music for this movie, because mm-hmm. the music throughout is iconic. And it. So the, the thing that sets this movie apart for me, and it's from, this, oh, from the get-go, this movie is a is a pinnacle of atmosphere. I love the atmosphere in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's all just mood, mood and tone setting. So uh, this is in my research of the film while editing it. There was a ton of more dialogue in it, but uh, the director Nicholas Wendell had to just cut it and make it so just mood and tone and yeah. music, music based. Basically, I guess not music based. It's more like Baby Driver's music based. But just atmosphere. You're right. That's the best. It, way it's it. you because know, it's got down, pieces of like it's got like pieces of Blade Runner. You know, yes, like it, that kind of of, of mood. Yeah. Because we're in out, nighttime, cool. I wrote down. This is the best. This is one of the best LA movies. Um, yeah, just yeah, like porny shots of LA. That porny, yeah. cool. <laughs> like we're not visiting like the bullshit. Like we're going to Griffith Park. Uh, but uh, but like we do get the, like just the fun like that. This is the way the lights come down on the city streets. The lighting in this movie is amazing, it's, and it's so it's just so cool. Like yeah. like you want to be in the car with them the whole time. Yep. And then I wrote down. Then we get one of the coolest things is just the night call drop. Like that's, uh, oh you you mean you mean how this movie just gave the world Kavinsky? Like hey check yeah. out this electronic artist. <laughs> check out Kavinsky. Check out Night Call. And I wrote down. This is like the only other comparison of like a perfect song dropping in a film. 
is maybe uh, Layla in Goodfellas with Scorsese's when he just oh, the, the God, needle yeah, drop. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just like, yep. God damn, a perfect fucking song to go along with what we're doing here. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's big and it's loud, kind of, but it's also, it's just, it's just cool driving music, man. The only thing that would make it a little more realistic for me is uh, if I got to see Ryan Gosling sitting in L.A. traffic, because there's some uh, open-ass streets is all I'm saying. <laughs> listen, I, I don't know. Listen, I never, listen, we'll go into the L.A. problems in a second, because it is a great L.A. movie, but L.A. sucks. Um, <laughs> well, you, you bitter over here, East Coast boy? <laughs> listen, I'm an East Coast boy, all right, baby? That's how this works. Uh-huh. All right, so I guess we'll get more back into the actual plot of this film. Uh, because then we get more interaction between uh, the driver. Because he, of course, he doesn't have a, a real name. Because they're going for like that Steve McQueen, Clint Eastwood man with no name. Right, right, right. Badass guy. Uh, but so Brian Cranston gets the bulk of what you wanted to nominate as the new award for the show. I assume this is who we're both talking about of just the exp- a new exposition here, the Jorah Mormont. The, like the the Jorah Mormont is you were the first one to ever point yeah. it out to me, but Jorah Mormont on Game of Thrones. His role was to be the expositioner. Like, I feel like that should have been his night title is like Sir Joe Mormont, the expositioner. That's who Brian Cranston is in this movie because Ryan Gosling doesn't say a goddamn thing. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's like uh, when someone was added in post. So the other person has to do all the talking. (laughs) They do all of it. it, Exactly. The, the Tignatero of, uh, but yeah, he is, is, but he is the flashy. And at first, I didn't like what he was. Brian Cranston was doing. I was like, is he gonna be our worst actor? But then I, I realized thought about it. But then I then I realized it settled in actually quite nicely of what the character is. Yep. I just think his smoking was a little unconvincing while while we were doing. Fair doing enough. It. Fair enough. Where I was like, I, oh, okay. like he was doing movie smoking instead of like normal person smoking. But I think yeah. it, just, it again it adds to the overall tone. I I felt so my analogy for what Brian Cranston was to this movie mm-hmm. is I felt that Brian if if the acting ensemble is a band for this movie right because it's a small ensemble. Yeah. If it's a band, Cranston was playing bass. Yeah, that's a, he that's was supporting everyone else. I think he was he was the yes and man for this these scenes. That's a perfect way of putting it. Okay, so then we go along and we're actually getting down to the the plot of it, the film. Uh, you mean you mean wanting a toothpick? Oh, you want to? Yeah, he, where in which uh, a driver runs into his neighbors, uh, played by Carrie Mulligan and mm-hmm. random and random boy <laughs> and, <laughs> and small child and small child, where he's like, "Hey, kid, you, you want a toothpick? You want a fucking toothpick?" Again, he's everything Ryan DeCosta in this movie is cool when he does it, but any guy who if you saw a guy just chewing on a toothpick, you're like that guy's a fucking douche. Like you would, <laughs> you would, you look at him, like, fucking tool. Use those it, after it, it also helps that he's one of the most naturally beautiful humans on the planet. Oh, a hundred. Like he is just a gorgeous. Guy. He's a good-looking <laughs> man. Um, we also find out his jobs. He's a you know he's he's a stunt person on movie sets as a driver, right? And yeah. he's one of the coolest. But I'm like, this just continues how much Hollywood loves making movies about stunt people, but yep. with actors who would never actually do a stunt. No, definitely <laughs> you know? not. Like, we're or not like gonna... in a in a stunt that doesn't require a stunt guy. But like you don't like no one's driving those, are they? Yeah, like no no one. Yeah, no, they're never gonna have the actual actor in the thing. They'd have like they'd have like a dummy, and it would be remote controlled. But whatever. Yeah. Now matter. nowadays, back in the day, they used to just kill stunt guys all the time. Oh sure, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, we get, Carrie Mulligan plays Irene, and I don't know, Carrie Mulligan is a big time. Holy shit, she's British. What? She's British. <laughs> yeah, big Damn. time. She's she does you know great American accent. You're like she hosts SNL like I don't know like two months ago. She's like, incredibly talented. She's she's fantastic. She's really yeah. good in probably the best movie in my opinion last year in Promising Young Woman. No, uh, yeah, yeah. she's really good but this one she she gets a little more low-key thing yep. where she talked about where she actually encouraged to have her, her dialogue cut which most women don't want in hollywood because women are usually marginalized but right. she said she wanted the the intensity of the film to be based on 
uh, her eye acting and uh, just her and her, her and Ryan's uh, just staring contest essentially. Yes, yeah, st- staring contest and feelings towards each other. Uh, which I assume they. The thing <laughs> is, like watching them them interact. I, like I remember the first time I watched it, and it was almost ten years ago. And this this time I watched it, like there's like a distinct lack of dialogue, and a lot of times it feels like the conversation drops. You know what I mean? Like someone asks a question, and the other one just doesn't answer. You know what yeah. I mean? So I was, but I didn't mind it. I thought it was good. No, I liked it, and it was all editing ch- an editing choice because the, those scenes do go on longer a lot of times than the other versions of the cut. So I uh, watch this on Amazon, and when Amazon you watch movies, they usually have like fun facts and trivia, like yeah, yeah, cursor yeah, yeah, all. yeah, yeah. And so you see a lot of it, and it's like, oh, there's a lot of actually continuity errors in this because it's so heavily edited. Like a lot of like camera, like the way it's shot is actually flipped. Uh-huh. And do you notice this? I'm like, oh, okay, so he's doing all this because he's covering up is how much he wanted to take away dialogue so editing tricks is usually like if somebody's talking you know because you get coverage of you know one shot at you one shot at me too too wide uh but like you you know it's the thing with, like if you see like we talked about in justice league, just league Whedon cut when like you hear a lot of dialogue but the person's not talking right. uh, but this is the kind of the inverse of that i would say kind of yeah. basically just like the way he edited and flipped the frames and stuff in the in the editing suite I, I bet one of the things as a consequence was like by cutting out this dialogue, a lot of the overarching plot, which again we'll get into as we get into like yeah. the second and third acts, kind of becomes more vague intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yes. of you know, like a lot of the forces that he's going up against are intentionally vague because uh, yes. they don't matter. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you know, at one point he's dealing with the East Coast mob, like. <laughs> Like it's just this. It's just a boogeyman. There's no point. You don't need to worry about it. Like it's more about these characters and what they're going through. You exactly. Know? This it movie really, feels big and small at the same time. It's very small with big overreaches. I'd say. Yeah. Right, so then we're introduced to our our villains of the piece, uh, two Jewish mobsters played uh, Bernie Rose and Nino, played by Albert Brooks and Ron Perlman. Now Ron Perlman. Yeah, he makes sense when he's a gangster. He's a big, imposing, intimidating guy. Albert Brooks is probably the last person you think of to play a gangster. <laughs> but he is awesome in this. I loved him. I, lo- so I love both of them. But I, Brooks, he doesn't chew the scenery, but he steals every scene he's in, I think. I think it's great because I realized we had live action Hank Scorpio and Russ Cargill. Yeah, just we like, did. Which is yeah, we did. And he's, and he's so good in it. We, we had real life Marlin. From yeah, real life Marlin from Finding fucking Nemo. Finding Nemo kicking ass. When I was like, they're eating Chinese food in a pizza shop. That's absolute blasphemy. And then, <laughs> and then Rob Pope comes in. What's a Jew doing only at pizzeria anyways, huh? <laughs> I just wrote down Ron Perlman, baby. I, like, I, I wrote down uh, it, it, the second time we see Ron Perlman is when they're, they buy the stock car for the driver. Mm-hmm. Right? They're in the garage, and he's in there. He's like, we paid 300000 for this piece of shit. shit. Like, he's yeah. doing that whole thing. Yeah. And he talks about, like, now this is a fine pussy wagon over I, here. I had that. And, I, and I was like, what the fuck is Ron Perlman doing? I love it, but what, what the is fuck he doing? Is he doing? And why is he awesome at it? Yeah, so we get the introduced to the, okay, we got some uh, Shannon, my, Ryan Krantz is up to no good with some 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 dirty shysters. <laughs> oh, we, we skipped over real human being. Oh, no, okay. I, was, I was about to get to that. Yes. Yeah, okay, so okay, okay. Then we, get, well, then we go back to the garage, and this, I worked on one of my favorite parts, is anytime it, a uh, actor is supposed to be playing some sort of mechanic, they're just screwed in some lug nuts oh like, yeah like, oh have. yeah absolutely that's, watch any car movie that's the or they just roll out from underneath a car you yep. know god knows what the fuck they were doing underneath there just, oh yeah no you know they're 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 doing they're doing their best from when they were extras like they're like yeah oh this is definitely what i would do if i was an extra <laughs> yeah that that that's 100 what they're doing uh so then uh we get to the first like 
and this is where the movie I think it becomes a great art house of like a real human being shouldn't work as a song in a movie. That scene, uh, uh, like, should be terrible. It should be, and because it comes some, out of fucking nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. It's like the opposite of Night Call in every way. Yep. Like it's brightly lit. It's cheerful. Wait, louder it's not you know electronic for the most part i mean it's a little bit yeah but i mean like it's cheerful and like oh but like an la mom i'm like and a poor director would make that that seem cringeworthy but it's very good right i i agree like it's it is i i, I would agree with you that it is definitely the director's work putting it all together putting mm. all the pieces together in these scenes where but somehow by taking away dialogue and the way it's been edited I still care for these two people, and it's saying less by like or saying more by saying less. Well, it's because also like the yeah. characters are kind of cliches, kind of. Oh yeah, totally. But like they're working, like for what they're doing. Um, yeah, the soundtrack just absolutely whips. I, I just remember like all how much I used to drive or just drive around. You know, when you're 17, you have nowhere to go. Well, at least I didn't because I had no, I was a loser. But <laughs> just listening to the music late at night with my actually it was mainly me and Marcos in the car just chilling, listening to fucking. Well, dang. I was gonna say that uh, again. I saw this movie the first time towards the end of my yeah. senior year. Mm-hmm. I was finally allowed to drive by myself. Like yeah. I would stay at friends' houses until late at night and drive home, mm-hmm. and. I am not going to lie to you, uh, anytime I drove home for the entire last like three months of my senior year, I would listen to this soundtrack and drive home to it absolutely yeah, all it, the time. And the whole yeah. summer. That whole summer, I would listen to this and drive a Because that's the thing. You're trying to be a cool teenager. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to be cool. You, you were looking at, you went to a pawn shop and you're like, hmm, where are all the scorpion jackets? <laughs> oh, you mean like when we got there and we saw the kid wearing it, you're like, I wonder how much that cost. So we look it up. It was like $250. Yeah, because he, it's not like he, he found it. He like ordered it online. Okay. Oh, yeah. You That's had it. to get that shit. Uh, Ron Perlman's official quote of that is, uh, this is one fine-ass motherfucking pussy mobile. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. I was, that was that was the line that made me like, Ron Perlman, what the fuck are you doing and why do I love it? Um. Okay. So then we get introduced to Oscar Isaac's uh, uh, st- uh, st- uh, the standard. 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 Weird name. <laughs> I, hey, hey, it's better than Poe Dameron. Every, everything's better than Poe fucking Dameron. Do, when, do, when, do, when are we doing officially a Star Wars on this? Literally never. <laughs> well, th- those would probably be commentaries. Oh, yeah, but like, I I have made a pact to myself. I will never watch episode nine again if I have a choice. All right, well, I, I hate I hate that movie. I have I have not watched it since it came out. So I it fucking right. blows. We actually man. did actually our first podcast ever together was on the Big Berry podcast talking about that piece of shit. I know it's still out there. You can go listen to it. Yeah, check it out. We talked for like two hours. <laughs> that's a, that's a long ass podcast. Yeah, I hated that movie. And th- so there, there was still more to be said too. All right, uh, so very early Oscar Isaac too. I'm like truly an eye on the ball. The, everyone yep. in this cast is an A lister. Well, I mean, I couldn't not, agree more. Yeah, literally, but like A in terms of just making your movie great. Uh, we go to the diner, and like this is where I, the, movie, the movie stumbles for me a little bit. Agreed. Actually, because, I wrote that down. Yes, the diner scene is a little like, eh, okay, what are we doing here? Because it's such a clear homage to Taxi Driver mm-hmm. of him eating the pie. He's the silent yep. loner. And yep. I'm like, I got it. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I, I wrote down like, what I kind of would rather see if he's upset about Oscar Isaac come back in the picture. Like maybe he takes a mm-hmm. job. It's a little riskier. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, small budget, but I'm like, it's okay. Every time, has there ever been a diner scene where a redneck doesn't bother our our protagonist? Every it's, fucking it's a uh, it's a cliche. This movie does have a lot of cliches in it, but they work for the most part. Yeah. Um, hey, at least it's at least it's not a movie about making movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's a little bit of that because we see it is a little bit of that. It is, but like, like, it's not a movie about making movies. Yeah. Because like a lot of Los Angeles movies are just jerking off over Los Angeles. This is like is doing that, but it's not about movies. <laughs> yeah. 
right, again, this is the you know, we get more and more of just like the backstory, and we show Oscar Isaac. He's actually again more uh, actual cliche movie would be Oscar Isaac is going to be our antagonist. And it's a rift between them yeah, and the yeah, girl. Yeah, 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 totally. But, uh, Driver literally fell for the family so much that he's willing to protect you know Oscar Isaac and just just so they have a good life because he's listen. I'm just an ex con trying to get my kids back. Right. That's like, one of my favorite it, lines of Futurama. <laughs> Bender. Um, uh, the Oscar Isaac is has one of my favorite funny. I don't know if unintentional, but like yeah. one of the best scenes is the, all four of them sitting around a dinner table, which is a weird fucking scene. Yeah. And he's st- for no reason he starts telling his son about the night he fucking banged his mom the first time. <laughs> I wrote that down too. It's like you know, okay. I realize he's got out of prison and stuff, but like. And then he's like, Yeesh. and then like eight months, and then nine months later, you popped out, man. Yeah. And then he goes, you were underage at the time, huh? I was like, why? Did they... There's a lot of weird Hollywood stuff about underage girls that oh, needs no. a bigger examination. I mean, 17, it's not the worst. Because I think Oscar Isaac was supposed to be like 19, but like Ugh. still. Yikes. I don't like splitting those hairs. I don't know. I don't, I don't, have the, I don't like justifying it. I don't have notes for a lot of the movie that goes on from here. Because then we just get it's, into... It's a slow burn for the rest of it, I think. But then it's a slow burn. Like, the second act is kind of... Like, the first half of the second act. Then we get into him taking on the job for yep. Oscar Isaac. And this is where the movie really picks back up into gear. Pun yep. intended. So then we get some fucking just tense. Him waiting in the car for the five minutes. Taking on a job he knows he shouldn't have taken on. Because it wasn't even given to him by Shannon. We, uh, we actually get the same speech that we got originally, right? Yes. It's the same setup, but it goes wrong. You know? Yes, it goes completely wrong. Uh, we see the other car pull in. And we're like, okay, what's going on with that? Christina Hendricks' character is introduced as well as Blanche. Blanche. And I wrote down, man, her walking was really weird. Oh, I uh, couldn't agree more. Yeah. I was like, it's a weird walk. <laughs> it's a weird walk, too. I, I, I don't know. It just like it really was just like, okay. I, I, I think it's because you just don't see an actor like like it's one of those like that is one of the hardest parts of acting of like just of just seeming as normal as possible, and like I think like he might have been in her head, which might have been a character choice of like how do I walk normal? Am I walking normal because I have mm. a, like a fuck ton of money in this bag? Mm. Uh, but then all right, then like okay, and you see Oscar Isaac come out, and he's like oh he's good, he's good, he's good, and then again because the score is very silent, and we don't even have the music going, and then just that loud bang, and right. he's fucking shot, and you're like. And then you even see Ryan Gosling get out of the car, which again out of character because it's so shocking. Right. And then Oscar Isaac lit up and dead. And, and then, then we get a, an amazing chase scene yeah. where the audio is almost perfect. Yes. And because they didn't do any score, I love an action scene where we're expecting just, like tense electronic music and it's just not there. Yeah, it's know? just like an actual. I want to say this is like an actual car chase. Most car chases are about. Eight seconds long. Right. Uh, like, because someone crashes immediately. <laughs> yes. Because most people are terrible drivers. So we get away and we go, then we go into the um, the motel. Is a motel? I wrote down, again, has anything good ha- ever happened at a motel in a movie? <laughs> Literally never once. <laughs> Motels are a bad place to be. If Motels are always, someone's getting murdered, someone's getting sexually assaulted, or it's on fire, or both, <laughs> or, both or it's it never, no motel has ever gone well for somebody. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. Uh, I, I wrote down for this scene because he like kind of mm-hmm. interrogates her, right? Like, yeah. you know, by putting on his gloves, yeah. essentially. Yeah, you see what's... And I wrote down, that's the best fist-loading scene since Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> He's loading his fists. <laughs> He's loading his fists with his stupid fucking driving gloves. They're again, so stupid! <laughs> again, but I'm Ryan Gosling. They're cool. I know! <laughs> it's, don't wear driving gloves because they're lame, but unless you're Ryan Gosling, which you can pull them off. How um, much you want to bet Ryan Gosling actually drives around in, in, Gosling, in, 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 in the gloves? <laughs> 
You know what? He definitely doesn't because Ryan Gosling is cooler than anybody else. He's, you know why? Ryan Gosling is probably driving a minivan for his two kids, and you know what? He's still fucking cool. Yeah, like he, he's he is he's he, he's basically a suburban dad at this point. But like, yeah, good for him. Good for him. Him and Evan Mendes seem like a strong couple. I wrote down. Then we get. I just wrote down. Goodbye, Christina Hendricks. Goodbye, Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye. Where I wrote fucking, down. That, I, just, the, I just thought headshot. One of the gnarliest headshots I think on film because her head explodes. I know, I know. I again, I remember the first time I watched this. I was eighteen, and like it, the gore in this movie, it only yeah. happens like twice, yeah. but it comes out of nowhere. I wrote down this is a nitpick, but I think it's, there's some weird CGI blood mechanics in there. Where was I wrote down? Of, there was some weird, the weird stock punch sound effects. So yeah, not a great action sequence. Yeah, maybe. The, I mean, again, he's Danish, so he gets a pass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but know. then we immediately go to a scene that involves the Game of Thrones school of needless nudity. Hey, that was needed. All right. Was there also, has anything good ever happened at the in the backstage of a strip club? I'm not talking about the front where we see the stripping. There's been it's plenty backstage. of scenes. That are, it's always when you go backstage, someone gets murdered, <laughs> <laughs> or the, or he takes a fucking hammer to his hand and just be or, and threatens to hammer a bullet into his skull. Which, listen, I'm no expert, but it's not going to go in. It's you're, you're, I don't care I, how fucking I strong am, you are. I am fairly confident that you are correct on that one. I think, I'm fairly confident. No, 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 I'm sure it would hurt like a motherfucker, but sure. you're not, you can't hammer a bullet like you shot it into someone. That would take so much. I'm not a physics guy. You are, but that would take a fuck ton of force. I mean, how much no, force no, no. does a how much force does the hammer on a gun have? I don't know. I I don't know either, but I know. It's, no. All right, your skull is still pretty... I've taken some shots to my head, sir, and I, I can get up. Well, there's only one way to find out. we got to try it, dude. All right, not, we'll try it on Dave or something. <laughs> no, he's got to run for president. He does have to run. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll pick some, like somebody else. Uh, okay, let me go back, and he's like, my fucking girl, Shannon. Uh, again, I think... Again, what, the movie what was that? Of, it's hard to do a proper impression here. I know, I know. I just like it's again. There's a lot of cliche in the movie of like oh, I gotta go protect the girl now, but it's it, again, it's just working because then we get into the the let's say hospital. That's not right. Uh, what's the up in elevator? The uh, elevator scene is incredible for me. Like it's yeah. one of my favorite scenes ever. I love yeah, the elevator. I, I do too. I've the lighting, done. the lighting change, the music. The, it's just. What it's supposed to be for his character is, like, these two are just stealing a moment. That's it. That's all they're doing. Because immediately afterwards, it goes to him crushing the fuck out of that dude's skull. Yeah. That that scene had to be heavily edited down because when the MPAA first saw it, uh, it was oh, going yeah. to be rated X because of that. So there's a lot more gore yeah, oh, into it. Oh, boy. Um, I also wrote down, bro, maybe don't make out. I guess she's your girl. But you probably have some of her husband's blood still on you. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like maybe oh, like yeah. time and place. Yeah, bro. Well, also, um, immediately prior to that, I think he slapped her. Or no, no, she slapped him. She slapped like, him. right before this. She did. <laughs> um, okay, we get more of uh, Nino and Bernie. <laughs> Fucking Bernie. Bernie. <laughs> Bernie. Why is he a Seinfeld character? <laughs> because his name's Bernie. All right, his name's Bernie Rose. He's an L.A. Jewish gangster who runs a pizzeria. <laughs> Everything and Nino's I and Nino, baby, fucking fuck you, Bernie. Also, I love the I, I I know that I know that he has to have a name in the universe of the of the the movie. Yeah, but I really like the idea of they track down the driver because they're like they found the only apartment in the entire city leased to driver comma the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I really I do like in the dynamic of Ron Perlman and Albert Brooks is that the that whole scene tra- is awesome. I it's, love that scene. It's so good because when we see the fun kind of twist on their dynamic of uh, the whole time, Albert Brooks is just more of a businessman, you know, trying yeah. to go kind of go legit. And but and Nino, uh, Ron Perlman's more of the wild dog. I'll fuck you up any fucking time, dude. Yep. Uh, but when we get into the push comes to shove, uh, Albert Brooks is the fucking lunatic and yep. uh, Ron Perlman's kind of a pussy. Like, that, like, yeah, like that—that's kind of who. They, I didn't like, even think about that, but you're right. Yeah, for I, sure. I, which I really like that. Uh, I wrote down after that. Goodbye, Brian Cranston. Goodbye. In uh, one of those, I can't watch that scene with the slitting of the wrist. I just it, it I, does. Uh, That's it, one of those. You get the heebie-jeebies from it. Ah, uh, fair great, enough. Yeah, great, yeah, yeah. great, great stuff though. Uh, then we get Ryan Gosling on the warpath, wearing with the. Do you think this was intentional? The mask he wears of the stunt driver is it supposed to be Vin Diesel? Is it because here's the thing? Fast Five also came out this year. It did come out in 2011. It, did, it came did. out the same time. The, I don't know. Do you I, think? I, do you I think? Don't Nic- know. Do you think Nicholas Nicholas Winding Refn has ever watched a Fast and Furious film? No. So, but I'm like, it's, all right, so they just going with he's just a bald. St- like I, I thought. The I thing is, it, the thing is, I am sure on the internet there are a million billion video essays on the importance of the mask and. And like what it represents and why it's the bald thing and whatever. I don't know, and I'm not gonna pretend to know. I don't even think it looks cool. It's kind of creepy, if anything. This scene is where the movie really leans hard into being an art house film. Is this whole oh my love sequence? You know, uh, I love the sequence. It's probably the one that the first time I saw this, it stuck with me the most. Besides the elevator scene, is this this slow motion scene. Of him going up to the pizzeria and just staring while there's a party happening and then going to track down and kill Ron Perlman. But I gotta say, I love the slow motion Ron Perlman telling a joke that no one else finds funny. That's really good. <laughs> that, was really, that, was, that was really, really good. Uh, and then the movie just it, movie starts to wrap from there, baby. Uh, yeah. Because he gets to sit down with Albert Brooks. They uh, reach a deal. And... Obviously, Albert Brooks is going to fucking betray him. He opens the trunk, awesome stab, and then stab for stab. And then, and he's, he's like talking about, you know, the scorpion and the frog. Get it? Do you get it? The scorpion and the frog is really important to the story. Do you get it? Yeah, that that we didn't need at all. Uh, once think, once you're re- aware of that story being the, yeah. the parable this is based on, it's actually super obvious how much they linger on the fucking scorpion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really wish. Here's a way I wish, instead of him saying it, I would much rather have like... Uh, in the kid's room, like you see a, like a book version of it, just right, like, right, right, like a yep. passing, hold on for the half a second instead of saying it out loud. That's, uh, just, uh, yeah. that's my person. But I wrote down, of course, he, 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 uh, he went back on his deal, baby. That's Hollywood, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're Hollywood. Any, any stab wound you walk away from, baby. <laughs> any stab wound. And then it's supposed to be more ambiguous that he's uh, dead or not, but he, he lived. Because there was an ending where the shot where he outright died, but they added that these people didn't like that. Oh, I was gonna ask if like if uh, if if test audiences didn't like that he died at the end. Test audiences did not like that he died at the end. Oh, because like there was talks of a sequel, wasn't there? There were talks in that people kept asking Ryan Gosling and Nicholas Winding Refn, "You guys gonna do a sequel?" And every time they say no. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. No, because this is not this is not a franchise. This is no, definitely not. I mean, you could. Isn't you totally could do a sequel, but but though you know, you don't. No one wants that. Yeah, I know. The movie, the movie. Well, Movie holds up very well on its own. Were you aware that there's a, another movie in 2011 called, called Drive Angry? Yes, it stars Nicolas Cage, Kevin, and that's currently in our possible twos, I believe. Is it really? Oh no, I, I do believe it's in there. Oh no, 
<laughs> yep, it's in our it's in our t- our potential twos. Oh, I'm so excited! Can't wait. I, I guess we'll go on to the uh, Academy the our, our Academy Award nominations. All right, uh, Academy Award nominations. All right, let's start off with uh, Best Actor. Best I Actor. Have, I have three nominees. I think that's good. Yeah, what do you got? Ryan the Goose Gosling. Fair enough. Yep, this is uh, probably his most iconic performance. I would say, even more so Ooh. than La La Land. I would say. <laughs> I love La La, I La Land know. and everything. I don't know because. He has a fucking great IMDb, by the way. I know, I know. So I just uh, think like when people think of the Ryan Gosling performance, they think they use at least at one point they used to just think of this movie. Yeah, I don't, I think I think at this point, I'm not I saying think, it's his best either. I'm not saying that. No, I, I know, I know what you're saying. I think because it is still indie enough, and I think if we're talking about the collective Ryan Gosling experience. I actually think uh, "Crazy Stupid Love" is the one people think of the most. Well, that's fair enough. That's a great movie. Great that's movie. Good... So I want to th- I want to talk about this for a second. So Ryan Gosling kind of has two characters that he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one is the drive archetype, the strong, silent, going through some things. More, it's more emotional, embodied acting. Yeah. You get that in movies like Lars and the Real Girl, My Blue, uh, uh, Blue Valentine, Drive. Uh, uh, Gangster uh, Squad. No, Blade Runner. <laughs> Blade Runner 2049, First yep. Man. Uh, there's a, Only God Forgives. There's a bunch of these reasons like that. And then we have the opposite, which show, which I think shows up his range, where he's the most charismatic motherfucker alive. Mm. Uh, that's your crazy, stupid love. That's your the big short. That's your La La Land. That's your... Uh, Gangster uh, Squad. Gangster. I've never seen Gangster Squad. I've I will never see Gangster Squad. I just don't care. <laughs> I'm going to put, put it on the list. We're getting the Gangster Squad. There. All right, so uh, your first nomination is the goose. I, I'm with you. I think I like as much as you can make fun of his performance. No, it's it's, it's still a great good. It's really good. Yeah. It's why it's why he's a fucking movie star. Uh, Albert Brooks. Yep, he's he's on my list. Yeah, it's super duper intimidating. We'll go into him in a second. And I gave uh, my third nomination actually to Brian Cranston. I liked. Ed okay, the, fair enough. I had him in the middle. I didn't have him in either category, honestly. I think that's fair. But I think I think it's he adds that. Yes, he's an expositioner, but he adds enough. He's a more unique character that it adds a lot to the f- film. Sure. Which yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Do you have any, uh, any more besides those? Or? No, I, I, I just got to give it to Albert Brooks. I think he's the best in the movie. I really do. Uh, I'm going to give it but, to Gosling. Okay. Fair enough. I think we're going to split it. I mean, I think Brooks is amazing, but I think if you go with a different actor, it doesn't work. You know, I've never thought about it that way, but you raise a lot of good points on that one. You really do. <laughs> yeah. Um, worst actor. I only have one nominee. Is it Blanche? It's Blanche Christina Hendricks. I don't know that she's bad. I just think that a lot of walk, place. Her walking was weird. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know how the la- in the last episode I went, uh, I talked about, uh, you know, I know it's a small part, but can we get anybody better? <laughs> I think it, I think actually uh, the inverse of this should be. I know it's a small part, but can we actually get somebody worse than Christina Hendricks, <laughs> like a less notable actor for that? Yeah, yeah. That's my only nominee. You got anybody? No, no, for for worst actor, like. No, like I said, there's this. This is a small cast, so it's kind of hard. Everyone else is pretty much doing a good job. Even the the kid who plays Benicio is solid for a kid actor. Yeah, solid um, kid actor. Because he's like four, I think. Um, something like that. He's like five or six at the most, I would say, in this movie, right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'd say five. Five seems about the sweet spot. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, it, it, I I didn't have too much besides yeah. Uh, uh, is it Christina? Hend- yeah, Christina Hendricks just feels a little out of place in the movie. Even her introduction, I was like, why is why is this character here? Yeah, um, it it's again. It seems like maybe there's a different cut of the movie that goes deeper into it. I I would not be surprised at all. 
I would not yeah. be surprised. So no, but I think everyone's given a really good job in this one. No, I, I get it. Worst actor. It's more of just because we have the category. She's she's doing a fine job. Yeah. I, I just get that one. You, you want to change it to least best on this one? No. It, well, you're still <laughs> winning with worst actor. I know. Okay. <laughs> now opposite. We got best scene. I have one. I got two, so three. many. I got like six. I I have four. Yeah. I imagine a lot. Of them. Uh, the opening. Opening heist. Opening heist. The opening getaway. Yeah. We've talked about it at length. Just yep. that's how you start a fucking movie. Uh, my next one, uh, pawn shop robbery gone wrong. But, uh, the second chase scene, essentially. That yes. whole sequence. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yep. That's, just, that's what I call it. Yep. Uh, number, number three, goodbye, Christina Hendricks. Goodbye. <laughs> just fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. And my fourth one, hammer time. When he... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> brings that hammer to the strip club. I have a lot more than that, actually. Oh, oh, hit me up yeah, because your last two did not make mine. Not that they're bad. Not that they're bad. They just didn't make my favorites. So one that stood out to me that I did not notice the first and second time I watched this movie mm-hmm. is one of our first scenes where Albert Brooks is kind of getting into his shady past. Mm-hmm. And it's it's Gosling and him talking about Shannon. And he talks about like, yeah, Nino's friends don't like him. They broke his pelvis. I love that whole yeah. sequence. Like how he just nonchalantly says he's a gangster, essentially, is really good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like that. Love that sequence. The elevator scene is one of my absolute favorites. I love it just aesthetically just aesthetically is okay I'll, yep. I'll give you that yeah i love the elevator scene for what it it it, it just it stuck it stu- stood with me a lot after i yeah. watched it i love brooks and perlman just talking about the mob love yeah. that whole sequence that, that, it's great i can i can watch a whole movie with the two of them just like shooting eat, the shit <laughs> eating some hoagies in that in that pizza shop Goddamn right yeah. uh and then again it just stuck with me after i watched the movie is the oh my love sequence into killing ron perlman Love okay. that whole sequence. Okay, I'm not gonna yeah. disagree with any of that. Yeah. I think uh, I I think in hindsight I would I would add in the elevator elevator sequence, but uh, I you know I other than that, yeah. What do you want to give it to? Opening heist. I think it's iconic. Yeah, I, I think I I'm 100 with you. It's a ma- it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. It's cool. I it, bet I bet it, Nikki it, disagrees with us only because she had to watch it so many fucking times. Or maybe she has <laughs> maybe she has an even deeper. Do, do you, uh, yeah. Do you think it she, it came back around where it was like I love it, then I hate it, then I love it again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can text her. She wanted to record her a uh, breakdown. I can, I can edit it in post. <laughs> and here it is, right? Nope, didn't happen. No, okay, I, didn't, I, I didn't do it. That's too much fucking work. Uh, <laughs> uh, worst scene. I only have one nominee. I got a couple. What do you got? Uh, Oscar Isaac explaining how he banged Carrie Mulligan to his kid. Weird scene. Yeah, weird scene. Yeah. Uh, the rest of it, I don't know. Like, there's the, there is the there is that middle chunk where we're setting up the finale in the yeah. the first half of the second act is that uh, whole thing. I think it's all, but it's not like none of it's bad enough for me to be like this is terrible. Right. But it is just like it's it's chunky, it's clunky. Yeah, I didn't like. Um, I just wrote down this the first scene where she hands him a glass of water and he's just like thanks and just drinks water. Weird fucking scene. I don't know why that's in there. Yeah. Um. The first time he doesn't shake Albert Brooks's hand is kind of weird to me. I don't know. It's 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 fine. Yeah. Um, again, well, do you want to do you want to reveal what you said to me off mic? I do not care for that, sir. Uh, no. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Uh, the uh, the last the only one I would say of my list because these two I, I don't think those are like I had a tough time coming up with that nominee. So I think those are stretches for worst scene. The only one that I agree with you was kind of clunky as a scene was. The diner scene with Irene, 
just felt like just really clunky to me. That was all. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's again a lot of them staring at each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think I'm I'm gonna I'm giving my one nominee of Oscar Isaac explaining how he banged Carrie Mulligan. It's weird. At, yeah, I'm with you. That's it, fine. I I get it. Here's the thing. I get the scene. I get uh because it's showing that f- established family dynamic. It's showing yeah. like a generational rift and like oh, and it's showing just like how he's kind of still an outsider to them. So here's how it bangs your mom. Yeah, but I'm also like, eh, who cares? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that. Uh, our Fury Road Freak of the Film, I have one nominee. I got a bunch. What do you got? Albert Brooks's Lack of Eyebrows. <laughs> Don't ever point something out like that to me because I'm never going to unsee it. God damn it. You didn't You didn't notice his lack of eyebrows? No, I didn't notice that. Yes, that was 100%. Okay, I'm going to talk about this now. Uh, it, this is from our trivia. Uh, Albert Brooks decided to come in audition in character to get this role because you think of Albert Brooks, I don't think of an intimidating fucking gangster. I think of Marlon the fucking fish. Yeah, I so know. I know. He decided to shave his eyebrows and then he pushed Nicholas Winding Ruffin up against the wall to threaten him with the dialogue. Wow. Yeah, and then he was like, Why did he want this movie so bad? <laughs> I don't know. He probably read the script, probably wanted to work with maybe the goose, and uh, I don't know. Good for him. <laughs> actors, are, actors are weird. Actors are weird. They're, um, yeah. Right, what else you got for Fury Road? Freak Show is the driver in the mask. That's a freak, baby. Okay, that's some freaky shit. Uh, Ron Perlman, just a freak of a human. <laughs> just Ron Perlman, yeah. That's Ron Perlman. He's that's got pretty... a weird head. Yeah, Ron Perlman's an ugly man. <laughs> and then that he tracks... looks... Here's how ugly Ron Perlman is. He looks better as Hellboy. <laughs> he did look hell better as Hellboy. <laughs> he looks a lot better as Hellboy. <laughs> and then the tracksuit mobster, just a weird dude. Yeah, he, he felt like a fucking uh, cut GTA character. <laughs> <laughs> He definitely, Cook. well, what I was just going to say is he definitely feels like a guy from GTA who gives you a mission. Wait, that's yeah. what he did in the movie. Yeah, that is what he did in the movie. Uh, I have to give it to Albert Brooks' lack of eyebrows. <laughs> Go that's, back and look. Okay, all right. I'll, I, I believe you. I believe in giving right. eyebrows. Our Stephen J. Gomez Memorial butt plug of the film. AKA, I think there's only one answer. A.K.A. the Sir Jorah, the Expositioner Award. It's just Brian Cranston. It has to be Brian Cranston because he's the one that lays out uh, who the kid, who the driver, aka the kid, is. Uh, he basically sets up how to get you know the gangsters. He sets everything up in the film. He yeah, without like, him in this movie, the movie falls apart. Which yeah. is part of the reason I also put him in my best actor nominees. Fair enough. Because yeah. Yeah. that role is ruined on worse actors. Uh, okay. That's, yeah, that's all I got, baby. I I love this movie. It's like for on a personal level, it's like a nine or a ten. But I think to the the general public, I think an eight is appropriate. I am very okay with this as an eight. I yeah. think I think because there is that middle chunk, and I do think having rewatched, there are a lot of cliches in it. Oh, sure. But because of its expert uh, craftsmanship and just iconicness, I think it keeps in that you know top tier. It's uh, it's for, for me like the thing is you know I compared it to Blade Runner earlier. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't care for Blade Runner. I know I'm not allowed to say that. I didn't. Blade, I, Blade the Runner, the original. original? Okay. 2049 is great. I, I, I am with you on that, too. Yeah. Well, A, B's like, oh, we got to watch all these different cuts. I've seen uh, the original cut, and I've seen uh, the official director's cut uh, that they put out a couple years ago. I saw the and final I, cut. That's the only one I've seen. Yeah, I think that's the one. I, and I don't care for either cut, honestly. Yeah, I it, think, it was, it's too, I think, too slow, in my Too opinion. slow. There's a lot. I mean, I think uh, there's some brilliant scenes and the atmosphere. I think that would be a good movie for this podcast. To, I agree, because, like... Just I th- I think the difference between Blade Runner and this one is Blade Runner, you know, there's is, there's still a lot of atmosphere and moping and really cool electric soundtrack, yeah, electric electronic soundtrack, yeah. But I don't know. I just I think Drive is a little more engaging to me. That's uh, I. It's also just better paced. 
Better yeah, pacing. that's the difference. Is the pacing better, better the pacing? Which I think that's why it's twenty forty nine. Blade Runner twenty forty nine is a better film than the original because its yeah. pacing is significantly yeah. better. Yeah, I'm around. I'm, uh, I'm with you. Okay, uh, for trivia. Uh, Fast Five also came out this year, making it the first smart driving movie versus dumb driving movie we've ever had. <laughs> That's not really trivia. I just wanted to point that out. It's the one. There's a reason why one made a billion dollars and this one's an art house. <laughs> well, and, and and where where does Drive Angry fall on that list for you, there, Sean? Dr- Kevin, Drive Angry. We shouldn't talk about Drive Angry. Uh, <laughs> Brian Cranston revealed he ad libbed most of his scenes. Wow. Uh, okay. Dr- Drive was the inspiration for the incredibly popular indie game Hotline Miami. Oh, that that makes sense. It came out like a year and a half later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. got. It, they really leaned a lot harder into the aesthetic in a good way. Yes, like that. Yes. That ne- the neon colors, the, neon. the the electronica soundtrack. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn replaced Neil Marshall as the director. Who's Neil she, Marshall? Neil Marshall. He's a popular horror director. He did uh, uh, the Descent and a couple other ones. He did one of the Pirates of the Caribbean. He did all two of the battle episodes of Game of Thrones. He's a good director. Okay. Uh, but in that, that's why they changed lead actors because Refn wanted Ryan Gosling for it. And when Neil Marshall was attached, you want to take a guess of who the other. It's only it's the only recasting I could find. You want to, oh, you want damn. to take a guess of who the original who, driver, the original driver, and it was going to be like a horror guy. Right? No, it wasn't. Gonna, wasn't going to be a horror guy. It's just still the director was a horror director. But it, okay, it, okay. But don't think horror di- actor. Think is it Vin guy, Diesel? Oh, I wish. It, <laughs> who is it? It was Hugh Jackman. Oh, okay. What very and different movie? Very it's a different. Very, movie. But I think it could still work with Hugh Jackman. Oh, I yeah. think it's. But I think I think you lean more into the muscle. I think you lean more into that old school Steve McQueen aspect of it. Actually, Instead I think it would have made double the money. It definitely would have made more money at the time because Hugh yeah. Jackman's a bigger star. Right. Even though all he wants to do is sing and dance. God damn it. God damn it. That <laughs> talented it. motherfucker. We are talking about this is a side note, but we're talking about as a family going to help support Broadway. He's in the Music Man. Ah, like, yes, he is. Do yeah, we yeah, yeah. Should, should we shell out and see Hugh Jackman in the Music Man? I, you know what? Yeah, I, I, think, I would support you in that effort. Here's the, if the tickets stay under like two hundred bucks. No, uh, stay under six hundred bucks. I think hmm. because a Broadway's gonna be a madhouse to get back to because there's a lot of old Jewish ladies on the Upper East Side who haven't seen a a, a show in ages. Yeah. I'm allowed to make these Jewish joke by the way because it turns out I am like one 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 six. I am one sixteenth Jewish. Okay, yeah, we'll go with that. We, we looked into it. It's fine. All right, I was raised. <laughs> I was raised in Westchester, New York. I've been to more bar and bat mitzvahs than Kev, you could Kevin, possibly Kevin is not associated with this actor with this part yeah. of the, this part of the podcast. Uh, you want to take a guess of the final body count? Oh boy, um, five, ten. Oh wow, ten, ten. It's a pretty high amount. Uh, but you, you can figure all the. It's Blanche, Nino, uh, uh, Oscar Isaac. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Cook. right. Yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it adds. It adds yeah, up quickly. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, right, I wasn't thinking protagonist, but yeah, you're right. Yep, that's it for uh, that's it for trivia. But Kim, you want to read some other people's hot takes? Yeah, give me some hot takes. This review Spicy. is by this is review is by Tata. Oh, the soundtrack! Please marry me, Ryan. Five stars. Five stars. There you go. They nailed it. Pretty good, but I watched the day after getting dumped. So actually, fuck this movie to hell. One star. Oh, buddy. Oh, come on the pod, buddy. <laughs> that's by that's by that's by Brandon Reese on July. July 12th, 2013. Was that one of your burner accounts? Was that you? Did you do that one? No, that's not me, sir. I never. <laughs> this whole movie wouldn't have happened if the driver wasn't such a huge simp. Three and a half stars. <laughs> 10 out of 10 review. Good job. That was a good one. <laughs> 
And finally, I don't fucking get it. The movie was hyped up by an incel buddy of mine, and the only thing I got from him is that Gyllenhaal plays a complete spurg who can't even talk to a woman. Wait, Everyone what? Else in the movie, <laughs> Everyone else in the movie besides Gyllenhaal and Irene speak like human beings. Well, they can only manage two words a minute. I don't fucking get it. Why is this movie special? He drives riveting. I love Gyllenhaal and The Amazing Spider-Man, but I don't fucking understand what he's what? trying to go for what? in this movie. What is happening with this I don't know what he's trying to go for in this movie. Decent soundtrack, though. Half a star. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was my soap gripper on May 10th of 2021. <laughs> did he watch like, did he watch like Nightcrawler? And I think it might have been. No, because he got the part with Irene Wright. So he thinks Ryan Gosling is Jake Gyllenhaal. And he also got, that Jake Gyllenhaal was in The Amazing, amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Just all over the place on that one. <laughs> that, that is why. Good I, job. Just, That's a good one. It is fun. Listen, I recommend everybody go to Letterboxd and see yeah. the type of psychopaths that exist. Yeah, that was good. All right, Kevin, last question about the movie. Yep. Does this movie pass the Bechdel test? No. This is, all right, so on the website, it's up for debate. Okay. Because traditionally, no. But there is the scene uh, when he with the, first. With the friend character? When the friend comes in and they're talking yeah. out of the door. Yeah. It is brief, and the character is named in the script, but never said out loud. So it's I, I say no, but I, I say I no. I say no too. But yeah. I'm just saying, according yep. to the official index, uh, we did not. They did not say the title of the movie. I mean, they kind of do. He says, "I drive." I drive, but it's not called "I drive." It's called "Drive." God, fuck off! <laughs> all right, it's all right. I'll put it into. I'll put it onto the list. Know, yeah, they do say it. That one's, right. that one's that one's easy though. That one is an easy one. Uh, oh, I gotta reach over and grab my die because now we have to roll for another one. Give me just. Well, a I got second. my six sider. I'm ready to do six that. Sider. But yeah, give me, just give me half a second to go get, get your mine. get your tenor. All right, so that we agree that is def- definitively an eight. I agree. I agree. I like. Part of me wants to push for like an eight point five, but but I'm we, have, we, we we have a ten point scale. We don't. Do I agree. 20. I agree with you. So There's no half scores here, baby. I can't give it a nine, and it's definitely not a seven. So it's an no. eight. It is an eight. So should I list off what we have? to potentially replace this movie. Yeah, our eights. Let's go one to six, baby. What if we roll a one? So, what are we watching? So one, we have a Morris Peros. Yeah. They, a Spanish-speaking uh, film. It is a uh, Inyaritu film that I saw in a artsy-fartsy film class, and I remember really liking it. It could not be as good as I remember. All I know is that that movie was one of the ones I could stand instead of the French movies. Fuck French cinema. <laughs> yeah, fuck French cinema. No one's to say All right. uh, Two, we have Heat. Dad movie. Great. Dad movie, Bill Simmons, the big ringer movie. Yep. Uh, three, Training Day. Oh, it's been forever. You know what, Kevin? King Kong ain't got shit on me. King Kong has got nothing on that me. W- I'm like, we're watching the cable <laughs> version, baby. Has got anything on me. <laughs> <laughs> Four, The Nice Guys. Another Ryan Gosling movie. Uh, Goose. Yep. Love The Nice Guys. Five, The Italian Job. The ultimate FX movie. I That might be a little high. Italian Job at an eight. I love The Italian Job. I'm, I stand I'm, by that eight, sir. And eight. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, like, six. great a TNT movie, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, that's, that's solid. All right, want to give us that six-sided roll? Yep, here we go. It's the Italian job, baby. That's a five. Okay, all right, all right, put that in there. Get it up there against the eight. All right, now it's your turn to roll for our next movie. What do we got there? Now that we have that, I'll read. Uh, should I read from top down or? Yeah, top, go top down this bottom, time. Top. All right, ten. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Can't wait. Never seen it. Nine. Skyfall. Been a while. Eight. The Italian Job. Love that movie. Seven. Con Air. I do love Con Air. I do. It's a, it's a, it's a seven. For it's a, a fun movie. It's it, fun. Okay. It's fun as hell. Six. Real Steel. Dumb movie. Love it. Five. Frank. Dumb movie. Hate it. Four. Ava. Terrible movie. 
Three, Jason X. Can't wait. <laughs> Two, cats. I can't wait. One, Catwoman. Oh, boy. All right, I, I got to say, the bottom five, I think it's the worst the bottom five's ever been. <laughs> it's, it's in rough I, shape, my friend. That, that top, that's, we, we are golden six to ten. That I mean, I realize it's always the case, but that bottom five is real rough. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a rough bottom five. All right. Do All you right. feel the pressure? I feel a lot of pressure because I rolled a three last Which one time. of us is going to be the first one to roll a one? I'm hoping it's you. Like, <laughs> technically, it was me, but we never did count that, that, so, that, like, that, That's That's pre- uh, That's pre, not pre, canon. That's not canon. That was a different dimension. All right, here we go. Escalators, 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 escalators. Escalators. Kevin, can you see that? We got an eight. Back Another back eight. eights. Back to back eights. Oh my god, we're watching the Italian job. Oh boy. Right back into the Italian job. All right, All right. I'm gonna stand by this eight. You're probably not gonna agree with me, but I love the Italian job All so right. goddamn much. Let's do a quick little uh, IMDB look, see what IMDB currently has. Uh, IMDB is gonna say a seven point three, is my guess. Okay, that's what you guessed. A yep. two thousand three classic, a seven flat. Okay. I, yeah. If it if we if we watch it again and you're at a seven, I think I would I would anticipate that happening, but I think the Italian job is a great heist movie that in the right mindset is a perfect movie for what you need it for. Like that's a, it's a hungover movie on a Sunday afternoon. Just great. I agree with all those opinions. I, I haven't seen it in a long time at this point, so it'll be fun to, fun to do that. So you everybody. know what, you know, it's, it's like we had a lot of, we had a lot of shitty movies in a row, a lot of fours. We're, we're coming up Millhouse right say, now, baby. Back to back eights is pretty freaking sweet. So. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, no dumper is on our list, right? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I, don't, oh, I, don't God. I don't know. I'm really scared of that bottom five. To go. Oh like, man, dude, it, it is that is rough. I'm look. I'm looking at it. You again. know why? Like, you know why? Because out of that bottom five, Jason X is the one I want to watch the most. Yeah, like of of the of the bottom five, like the only one that might be fun. I think we can have fun with Jason X. I think we can have fun with Catwoman. I think Cats is going to be a painful experience. Cats I think it, is long too. Ava's my fault. I'm. I don't know how it wound up on the list. That one's my fault. I'm sorry. Hopefully, we never ever roll a five. For Frank. It's gonna. Ha- it's impossible not. To. I mean, here's the thing. At this point, I hope next time we do get the you roll Frank, just so it's gone. You know, just just to get. A, just I get know, it I know. That's the right. You're that is the right way to think of it. But goddamn yeah. it, I really don't want to fucking watch Frank, Sean. I I am with you on that. Okay. All right, everybody. Well, wait, but we don't have to. Not this time. We get to watch the Italian job. It's all good. Okay. All right. Other than that, everybody, uh, we have one last thing. Uh, Benny, Ben Affleck, baby. Benny, come on, come on the pod. Yeah, come on, Ben. Buddy. You know hey, what? Hey, Ben's Kevin, Ben's looking up in the world, baby. Oh, you didn't see his latest thing go viral, did you? Oh, no. You didn't see uh, some girl deleting them off a dating app, so he sent her an Instagram DM video of, it's like, Anissa, why'd you delete me? It's me. And he's just so fucking broken on oh, the inside. No, but, but he's back with, with J-Lo. <sighs> Allegedly. There's already rumors he's cheating. <laughs> God damn it. Ben, Benny! come on the pod. Benny, Benny! Talk okay. set the record straight. All right, everybody. Tune in again next week for The Italian Job. And Ben Affleck.